Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. The Good Immigrant Kadınlığın Doğasını Örgü Presented weekly in Turkish on Thursday evenings from 6.30 to 7pm Starting on 4th of March Görüşmek üzere Everybody, welcome to Uprise Radio, and we're coming. We're coming from Bendigo. We're in the park here, and Jackson and I are joined by some of the crew that are on the home run for Julian, and they're making their way up to Canberra. So first, welcome, Jackson. Thanks, James. It's really exciting to be here and to be talking to supporters of Assange and Julian's father, John Shipton. Really excited to have a conversation with him. Julian's been. Like a hero of mine for a long time, with the work that he's done to, you know, shine a light into some of the darker places of um, the way that the world operates. And I think it's just wonderful that this tour is happening to take uh, the message of what Julian has done and the fact that he's languishing in a prison in the UK uh, out back out to the Australian people because the Australian government has, you know, essentially just left him to rot. Um, and it, yeah, just I'm really excited to to talk about the type of person Julian is with with his father and the work that he's done, and just remind all the listeners about you know the incredible revelations that WikiLeaks are at the centre of for so many years. You know, so I'm yeah I'm pretty pumped, it's, and it's a beautiful day here in Bendigo. The city looks spectacular. Well, I think um, we should welcome John Shipton, who is um, Julian's dad. And John, do you want to tell us about how this tour came about and what's the kind of motivation for it for you? Well, I was chatting to Jacob Gretsch, who's uh, sitting here alongside me, and and Graham Dunstan, and they're saying, uh, "What what can we do? What can we we how can we amplify the upswell of of." Uh, support that Julian's uh, received from the mass of people, from people. And uh, one or other of us mentioned a tour, uh, and about three months later, here we are in Bendigo. And Jacob, um, maybe if you want to give people a little bit of a rundown about, I guess Jackson talked about what Julian sort of meant to probably a lot of people on the left. Maybe you can just give people a little bit of a rundown about what the um, situation coming into today is for Julian? Well, as far as from a left perspective, I guess, and and look, narrower than a left perspective, I'd say a peace movement perspective and and an anti-war perspective. Um, What Julian and WikiLeaks did was unprecedented. Um, not, Not that they really told us things that we didn't already guess at, and we didn't to some extent know, but they took what peace activists and what the left and anti-war people have been saying for years, all my life, since I was a little kid listening to them anyway, and showed that this is the truth. This is what is actually happening. So while we'd been saying for years, yes, the US commits war crimes in wherever it goes, and the Australians do this, and um, the CIA is doing this, and and all the rest of it, and that's been axiomatic. Up until WikiLeaks, we did not have the actual hard copy proof 
in their own words. So that it, it changed our perspective from the discussion with the broader community of this is what we believe is happening to us being able to say this is what is happening and here is the proof. And from this point on, you cannot deny it's happening, which was a major shift in the campaigning of the peace movement and the left in general. John, I, one of the things that uh, really resonated when you were speaking in Castlemaine was talking about relaying some of the well-wishes and you know, some of the actions back to Julian. I wonder if you could just you know, touch on that again for our listeners. Oh, yes. OK. Well, each day I speak to Julian on the phone. It's been locked down in the prison since March because of an infestation, uh, since last March, because of an infestation of uh, COVID-19. So we, they've allowed the prisoners uh, uh, more phone calls, and I, I get to, we get a 10-minute phone call, which is guillotined. He can wait an hour and then ring back. Again, that'll be guillotined. So this morning we were chatting about uh, the uh, well, Bendigo because Julian was here uh, some years ago to look at the telescope, which is a 21-and-a-half-inch telescope. And apparently it was the first one in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, and the la- sorry, the largest uh, telescope in the Southern Hemisphere. We also spoke about the extraordinary uh, conflict that the spokesperson for the government brings forth by saying that uh, they won't interfere uh, in the judicial processes of another nation, referring to the United Kingdom persecution of Julian, and consular services. Well, consular services, Julian's there been, been there now 10 years. So the consular services are spectacularly ineffective or ineffective. The other is that uh, the spokesperson for the government of foreign affairs saying that they don't interfere with the uh, judicial process of another country demanding that Russia interfere with the judicial processes over Navalny and that China interfere with the judicial processes over, over rioters in Hong Kong. It's uh, the way they treat Papua New Guinea and Nauru when they do anything that, that they don't agree with. They just remove their government or remove legislated officials, judges, you know, change the, change the playing field you know, to suit their needs, but in this instance, nothing. And I think it goes somewhat toward the arrogance of the um, the Australian government in the trial with the with the Five Eyes intelligence community and the white English speaking world. I mean, they say they don't interfere in the judicial processes of other governments, and at the same time, it seems to me they don't actually recognise China and Papua New Guinea and Iran and and Russia as legitimate governments. So what they're doing by saying that in effect is they're determining who is and who isn't a legitimate government in their eyes. They will when they consider it legitimate, i.e. United Kingdom, USA, probably Canada, New Zealand and Italy and France and Germany, but they won't with most, with many countries in the world. And um, with country, and, and it is a let's let's be straight out. It is a racist perspective. We're talking about Iran. We're talking about Russia. We're talking about China. They're the other, mm. and that's what Australia's telling us. 
Yeah, I think it really speaks to the hypocrisy that underpins a lot of the, uh, you know, the rules-based order we hear about so often in the mainstream press, you know, and that, you know, free speech is a, is a tenant of democracy, but the, the speech that WikiLeaks uh, published, you know, the, the documents and the knowledge that they brought into light is unpalatable uh, to the powers that be. And so they will not defend uh, Julian or other people involved with WikiLeaks' right to release that. And I, I think it really pays to remember that, you know, back in 2008, 2015, WikiLeaks received numerous awards for journalism. They're actually nominated uh, for the Peace Prize, I think, six consecutive years, which is unheard of. But, you know, we've seen a really concerted effort to change that narrative. And I think, uh, I wonder, John, if you could speak to... You know, just how it's felt to have, you know, your son described as a megalomaniac and, you know, this, this, you know what, do, what has motivated Julian over these years from your perspective to do what he has done for such a long time and to take such a principled stand, you know, over and over again? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I've never, uh, you know, quite worked out what motivates Julian except uh, he has a tremendous feel for truth and justice he loathes injustice and acts upon wherever he sees injustice all the time so to put uh, the revelations from the cables into a perspective that's positive and helpful is that uh, one of the cables uh, written by the United States ambassador to Iraq, described the following situation. A group of soldiers broke into an Iraqi home in 2006 and murdered the entire occupants of that house, all the family, the children, mothers, brothers, sisters, aunties, grandfathers, all of them. The soldiers then, fearful of being accused of a war crime, called in a an airstrike which obliterated the house, obliterated the children and the mother and father and the entire family wiped from the face of the earth. Upon reading this, the Iraqi government was so outraged that it brought about, that it declined to renew the status of forces agreement and consequently the United States had to withdraw its troops from Iraq. So leaks, if you want to call them leaks, I call them revelations. These revelations can stop wars. This system of government we have, this system of economics, inevitably, inevitably leads to a war economy. All right? So um, it's, it's a system of government and a system of economics, not so much the government, but the, the way it's actually ruled by economic necessities. I don't want to give the idea of a whole lot of uh, men in dark, smoky rooms making decisions. What's happened is the economic necessities determine the decisions, and it's an economic necessity to extract resources from one part of the world and transfer their wealth to another part of the world. That's, sorry, anti-capitalism 101. All right, now, they do that by war, all right? Now, as we have an economic system that's built on war, they can't actually say that. They can't say, we have to um, attack Iran or we have to stop Iran because they have 
the total area between the Caspian Sea and the Arabian Gulf and the Arabian Sea, and we need that area in order to create the, um, the trade routes that go across. They can't say that. They've got to say they are evil because your average person on the street will not justify killing innocent people for trade purposes. But they will justify killing innocent people because we need to get rid of the bad guys. That's what all the Marvel superhero movies are about in the end. All right, getting rid of the bad guys. To bring it back, so then you've got someone, a group of people. You know, this is not just um, what they're doing to Julian, they've done to others before him. Not in this way, they, you know, they've, they've honed and perfected their techniques of torture and smearing, but they have, I mean, you know, they, they killed Martin Luther King Jr., not just because he was standing up for black Americans' rights, but because he made the connection between the imperialist wars that were happening and black Americans' rights. All right? When people start pointing out the lies that keep their economy going, the lies that their economy depends upon, then the system, the state, the economy, has no option in its self-referential world but to stop that person from exposing the lies, whether that's by locking them in Belmarsh or putting a bullet in their head. Do you see that there's uh, perhaps an opportunity at the moment with uh, Anthony Albanese, the leader of the Labour Party, has come out in support of bringing Julian home. And on top of that, um, you know, the Liberal National Party government uh, is, you know, just recently become a minority government with, uh, you know, I think that there's some support within the crossbench um, independence for Julian as well. Is there an opportunity there to perhaps, you know, wedge the government into um, supporting bringing Julian home or, you know, I guess at uh, maybe even a, slight, a slightly less optimistic, you know, trying to push it towards a, an election, uh, you know, election coming out later in this year that perhaps if, if Labor win or it could be something that could be part of, the, you know, one of the party's promises to bring Julian home. Um, there's a, there's a, that's a, a sort of a question better answered by you and Jackson because you're on the outside, you know, looking in, whereas I'm on the inside and I'm searching around for clues and going here, going there with Jacob, pushing the things along. But I thank Anthony Albanese for the taking the risk of supporting Julian uh, the since uh, Julia Gillard, the Labor Party has been hesitant, and now uh, the leader of the Labor Party has taken a firm stand in caucus. So the other members of the Labor Party m- may align themselves and bring Julian home. This, of course, wedges the government, which is comfortable to us and comfortable to the Labor Party, and. Uh, also uh, discomforts the government because they're now a minority government. And our supporters in the parliament, in the ha- uh, House of Representatives, are able to remove the government. Uh, they won't, of course, because they're sworn not to stop supply. But they are able to stop government legislation uh, and asking that on the tacking onto the end of any government legislation will be uh, 
some legislation that ensures Julian Assange can come home. There's another aspect which uh, uh, Jackson might develop, uh, and, and Jacob, but I'll just introduce it and they can run with it, is uh, that there's a group uh, uh, headed by Paul Barrett, who is an ex-Secretary of Defence, and Alan Brunowski, who's a, a professor at ANU and an ex-diplomat. That group wants to change the regulations in Parliament so that a declaration of war can no longer be the responsibility of the of the uh, of, of the executive so uh, Jackson and, and Jacob can run with that well just to let listeners know we are here with John Shipton and Jacob Grek and we are um, speaking from Bendigo on the home run for Julian convoy and if you want to support the convoy you should head to social media pages home run for Julian uh, and if if you can see a city or town where which is local to you, or you know some people in the area, you should get in touch and uh, come along to some of the events. But if you can't come along, you can also help to financially support because it's um, quite a financial cost to take all of the vehicles and accommodation and everything on the road. So if you can uh, check out that uh, Facebook page. Uh, if you're not sure, you can get in touch with 3CR and they'll um, put you in contact there as well. But Jacob, did you want to speak a bit about the war reforms bill and some of that committee there? Yeah. Um, first of all, how it relates to to Julian and, and WikiLeaks is that back in the days, listeners may remember um, Scott Ladlam, Green Senator for WA and a big supporter of Julian's, um, introduced a an amendment, uh, a war powers bill, which um, basically is an amendment to the Defence Act. And um, what it attempts to do is, as John said, um, ensure a debate about the need or um, involvement in the war before um, before a war, before Australian troops can be sent. You know, I mean, um, John Howard famously. Um, the first we heard about Australia sending troops to the Middle East after 9-11 was when we heard the report of John Howard announcing it to George Bush. Um, the fact that an American newspaper, an American president, knew that Australia was going to war before the Australian people, well, bugger the Australian people, before the Australian parliament knew we were going to war, is outrageous. Well, perhaps George Bush knew about it before John Howard as well. <laughs> or perhaps George and John were told at the same time. Um, um, yeah, so how... But but that wasn't getting much traction. Now, how that relates to Julian and WikiLeaks is that the exposés of WikiLeaks have now shown people what war actually is, how we get involved in war, how we... Um, how we undertake war and who makes the actual decisions about war. Now that the people know that, not just um, Julian, I've got to say, um, you, we also need to tip the hat here to Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning and, and others, you know. Um, and Edward Snowden exposed a whole lot of the actual information. And, you know, by referring to himself initially when he first made the leaks as Citizen Four, he said he was standing on the shoulders of others, including Julian. Okay, so Julian is, while Edward did the leaks, 
part of the reason Edward did the leaks was because of Julian and WikiLeaks. So we we can't we we need to um, what's the word um, see the movement that Julian led in exposing the truth as larger than just the truths that WikiLeaks exposed. Um, so now that the people are aware of what's happened with war, and now that we have the Brereton report came out exposing Australian soldiers, and I've said this a number of times on various 3CR radio programs, I'm going to say it again, Australian soldiers shooting children in the head. Australian soldiers kicking an old man in the head until he died. We're not talking, you know, when you say war crimes... It's like you just say war crimes, and it doesn't really mean a lot when you say it quick enough. But this is what we're talking about. Australian soldiers kicking a door in and killing a father and son as they cower in their bed, trying to stay stay out of trouble. This is what we're talking about. War crimes just means nothing. We're talking about premeditated, violent, aggressive murder of the worst kind. But now that people are aware of that, the idea of a war powers bill can get more traction. And Adam Bant and Peter Wish Wilson have taken it up and they'll be taking it up even stronger in the, um, in the Australian Parliament later this year. If you go back, all the way back to 2006, uh, Assange wrote a piece called Conspiracy as Government. And I think this is a bit what you're talking about, Jacob, and what it reveals to people is that, you know, the reality that we live within is, you know, underpinned uh, by these networks of secret information that are used to enforce and protect these authoritarian superstructures. And you can see it, you know, in the in the total inadequacy of, of, of descriptions of, like, we can't have a manufacturing industry in Australia, right? But we can build small arms. We can build tanks, yeah? Which, you know, it makes no sense, but it's just presented as, as though it's the truth, as though it's some kind of reality. You know, the idea of, you know, individual liberty, what Snowden revealed is that you are constantly being surveilled, you are constantly being watched, to, you know, as some kind of forward defence, you know, to guard against any kind of, um, you know, reaction down the line. You know, th- these revelations, you know, I think it's good to call them revelations rather than leaks. And I, and I wonder, you know, you've been travelling around Victoria for a while, now you're going to go up to Canberra. John, when people come up and talk to you, what what do they tell you? What what messages are they passing on to Julian, and 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 how are they feeling about you know the possibility of him returning home? Uh, the it's I can't tell you how do I describe it. It's almost poetry. The uninhibited, warm affection that flows from people wherever we go in Castlemaine or here. Actually, people drove from Melbourne to us today and uh, also from Castlemaine to, to accompany us on the journey. It, it's, uh, if you can imagine, it's rather like when you see geese flying, uh, flying uh, they fly north for the winter. Uh, the, we just make our way slowly ahead and there's a, uh, a group of supporters trailing behind. It's very... Uh, it's moving, uh, it gives strength, and also the depth of commitment. You know, I, uh, I'm a, an older... Well, I don't like to say these things. You, you, want, to say, you want to remain youthful for the, all your life. <laughs> but I'm an old-age pensioner, and uh, I've travelled r- right around the world for the last three years 
on money that people just give me, you know, to, to go here and there. And when the money accumulates uh, from uh, supporters, I travel uh, to the UK and so on. So that's the circumstance. I, Jacob, Graham and Rain and many others, we are lifted up by you, uh, listeners, readers, ordinary people. And if I could add to that a final sentence, which I think is important, is that there are 24 parliamentarians in Parliament supporting Julian in a parliamentary committee. They are only there because of the ferment that's amongst us out here. Otherwise they wouldn't. They're parliamentarians and they uh, naturally respond to the concerns of their constituencies. In Germany, 29 cities have vigils for Julian pre-COVID. They still have uh, five or six cities that are COVID-free having vigils each week. In the German parliament, there's a cross-party group. The the spokesperson for the Foreign Affairs Committee, its Foreign Affairs Office in the German Parliament, offered Julian support. The Council of Europe made a declaration that Julian is a protected journalist. The chairwoman of the Council of Europe's Human Rights Committee uh, makes a similar declaration. The humanitarian visa is- issued by Geneva is enforced by the Swiss government. The Austrian government issues from its foreign of office support. The Spanish parliament has uh, its... Uh, Podemos is the ruling party, and 40 of those members support Julian. Italy was the first... Uh, the Five Star Movement, the first political party to move in support of Julian and convince the Parliamentary Assembly of Europe and uh, the uh, Council of Europe to make statements of support. Every single journalist association in the Western world and Russia offers support. 24 of the largest NGOs in, in the Western world offer support for Julian. I can, I mean, the the uh, the lawyers, the the lawyers' associations offers support. The barristers' associations offers support. The doctors for Assange offers support. Uh, I, I, if you forgive me, I'll, I'll stop there because the list gets rather long. But just all of these, all of these people are lifted up by us. The ferment and support by us otherwise they would do nothing well i think that's a really positive way to finish up the show today and i think that it really highlights something you know sometimes it can feel like you're protesting against something that is a bit abstracted perhaps from you know what you feel that you can change but i think that you know what john's uh, articulated there and, and earlier is not just how much it means to to him and the other activists that are part of this convoy but how much it means to julian to hear back the stories about people giving him support and support for the ideas that uh, he's been fighting for so if you can support uh, financially um, if you can support by joining along the convoy at any point or if you can support by organizing an action um, you know, perhaps the convoy isn't going directly where you are, but you can organise something and um, send some solidarity 
um, images to the people involved and it would uh, make a great difference. So um, we'll just uh, finish up there. We'll just get a quick chat from uh, Jacob to finish up and thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, it's very important. It's, it's very important that. And as John said, Julian is getting a lot of support. Um, more so in the rest of the world so far than Australia, but as the old saying goes, a prophet is not without fame, save in his own country. But Australia has a mythology of itself as sticking it to the man and standing up for the small bloke. Now, it's a, it's a mindset that is more a mythology than a reality these days, but, you know, our greatest heroes have been people who have said, enough is enough, and exposed the truth. They're the, they're the people Australians have always looked up for, and Julian is one of those people. And just to, to close... There is so many different things you can do to support Julian. You can go to the donation page, which is at Chuffed, and it's on our various 3CR website pages, including the Friday Raves Facebook page. And um, you can talk to your friends. You can form local groups. There is one thing you shouldn't do to help Julian, and that's sit on your ass and do nothing. Anything else you do is a positive step. Well, thank you, and um, goodbye, Jackson. See you, mate. That was awesome. Thanks, both of you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.